0: We welcome. Hey, good morning, Gretna. It's Pastor Rob. Great to see you today. We are in the third week of our series in Advent. It's the season of the year in the four weeks leading up to Christmas that we, we celebrate, that we remember, that we build excitement for and anticipate the coming of our lord and savior jesus christ. In the first week we walked through jesus's genealogy and we got to meet uh, some wonderful people in jesus, jesus's geology, but ge- geology. genealogy, my goodness gracious, but also some people that were like me <laughs> and you way less than perfect. But that somehow god did something mighty through them. And he desires to do something mighty again through us, those who follow his son. Last week, if you were here in person, you got to hear Greg Culp speak. And, and if you were online, you were stuck with me. And we talked about uh, preparation. We, we met John the Baptist, Jesus's cousin, who from the very first time he encountered him, when they were each in their mother's wombs, and he, he jumped up and down and spun around, right? At, at excitement, at coming to know that the Savior was coming. And And John... Called the people to prepare for the coming of the Savior. He called them to say, "Look, you've got to recognize you're, you're you're not all that in a bag of chips. You're kind of busted, and you're sinning, and 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 I want to help you get ready, get ready, prepare the way for the Lord who is coming before you." This week, uh, we're actually going to meet. Jesus. We've talked about him for the last two weeks, right? Where he came from and those who were laying out the path. But this week, we're going to dive into that scene that you see in nativity scenes up around all over right now, that scene where he comes into the world. For that, we're going to go back to Matthew. We're going to go back to chapter one, verses 18 through 25. I'm going to read it out of the CSB here in a minute. But it's, it's important as we go back to this, just to keep, keep that scene in your mind. And, and what I want you to listen for are names. I want you to listen for the names given to Jesus in this scene. Just to give you um, a bit of a heads up, there are three we are going to focus on here. And what they mean for the world, what they meant then, and what they should mean for us. Let's read. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. It says, The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. So did you catch the three names? There are three names that are given to Jesus here. Uh, William Shakespeare says, what is in a name, right? That which we call a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet. But but I I really do think that, that... the name that is given to our Savior here, those names have purpose, have meaning. The first one we're going to talk about is, is Christ. He is given the name Christ. It's By the way, it's, it's not his last name. His name is not Jesus Christ. Christ is a term. It is, it is Hebrew for the word Messiah or anointed one. It's a, it's a term saved for prophets, for priests, and, and mostly for kings. In 1 Samuel 24, David, who has been promised to be God's anointed one, to become king, is being chased by the previous king, King Saul, who has fallen away from the things that God has called him to. And Saul is trying to kill David. He's trying to take him out. And yet David says, I will not kill him. I will not kill this man who's trying to kill me. And the reason he gives is simply this, because he is God's anointed one. He is in the Greek, and the Septuagint, he is God's Christos, God's Messiah. He is the man that God has placed here for this time and this place. The anointed one signals the purpose of God to be f- fulfilled through this person and to and in this case, in the case of our Lord and Savior, to bring forward the very kingdom of God. Make no mistake, Jesus is a king. We meet him here and he he is a baby, right? The the vision we have, I asked you to think about that nativity scene. The vision we have is of this this tiny infant child and to be sure as he came into the world he was. But but our description, our understanding of Jesus as the King, I think it needs a little more or a little broader expression. If you look in in the book of Revelation chapter 19, he is called the king of kings and the lord of lords. It says in verse 16, and his name will be written on his robe and on his thigh, king of kings and lord of lords. That's right after it describes this man who comes in on a gallant white horse with a sword coming out of his mouth. This, This is a king who is intended to enter the earth and take over. It's no wonder that the people of God, as they expected their Messiah for thousands of years, expected them to be this king who was going to come in and literally, physically take out all of Israel's enemies. But Jesus comes in with a different kingdom in mind. He comes to bring forth not just an earthly kingdom, but a heavenly kingdom, an eternal kingdom, a kingdom of God. Unlike anything we could possibly fathom or imagine. But in order for that kingdom to become reality for us, we have a choice to make, and it's a choice that Joseph had to make first. We see in Joseph a man who is, by all rights, a good man, who finds out his wife to be is pregnant. And, and, you know, I have to tell you something. Let me pause here. I trust my wife, Heather, implicitly. I trust her beyond, I think, what I could even begin to describe. And and I love her beyond, I think, anything I could begin to describe. But you know what? If she came to me and said that um, I'm pregnant, but it's by the Holy Spirit, I might want some more corroboration. <laughs> I might want to know that that is actually true and that she hasn't just lost her mind right and so God provides that God comes to Joseph and says look don't be afraid this is really what she says it is you need to marry her you need to have a son and you need to name him Jesus and, and this is where the kingship of God comes in. See, Joseph had a choice. He could have chosen to say, no. He could have chosen to say, I don't believe the story. He could have chosen to say, I don't believe in you, God, or I don't trust the direction you're taking me. Because I'm telling you, as he was becoming engaged to Mary, my guess would be he highly it was unlikely he anticipated that this would be the scenario. That this is how it would all hash out or go down. Mary had an inclination. He had none. And so he had a choice to make. But he chooses to say, Lord, even though I don't understand, right, I'm going to follow through. How do I know he, he did that? Verse 24 and 25. It says, but when Joseph woke up, It doesn't say he thought about it some more. It doesn't say he pondered it. It doesn't say he kind of tried to negotiate with God. He just said he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son and she named him Jesus. You see, this term Christ, Messiah, that's the word we were talking about first, this kingship, this anointed one, this anointed man, right? who's here to do the Lord's work, this term brings forth an assurance of God's victory, but sharing in that requires us to truly treat him as Lord of our lives. I think we sometimes we anticipate, even as followers of Christ, we anticipate what comes after we die, right? We are excited about the fact that we are um, his, that we are going to spend eternity with him, but As we talked about a few weeks ago, that eternity begins right now. And and the choices we make here and now about whether or not we're really going to allow our Savior to be our Christ, to be our anointed one, to be our King of kings and Lord of lords determines whether or not we begin to experience the blessings of peace, the blessings of fearlessness, and the blessings of love in this life right here and right now and make no mistake the coming of jesus is is includes that it includes an understanding that those who might follow him must follow his lead in fact he, he challenges his disciples to that in luke chapter 6 in verse 46, we see him say, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things I say? <laughs> right? It's the question that, that he asks them and that he could ask of us, and he did ask of Joseph right out of the gate. If you are one of my people, do you do what I say? And Joseph, whether he believed it was in his best interest or not, knew that God was his king, And he did as he was told. And what did he get that he would have never predicted or seen before? He got to watch the son of God be raised from a child. He got to stand next to him and teach him what he knew, right? And he got to watch him preach to others because Jesus was preaching as a child. And he got to watch the blessing come to life. But that all started with his willingness to say, yes, God, you are my king and I will go where you tell me to. The next name we're going to talk about is Jesus. Now, unlike Christ, that is not his last name. Jesus is the name given to him. It is his first name, just like I'm Rob, my wife's Heather, my dad is Jack, right? It is the name given to him. But that name Jesus isn't simply a, a moniker. It has a purpose. Actually, the name Jesus, the word we use today, is Latin in, in its origin. It's a transliterated version, which means it doesn't literally sound like the Hebrew version of the Greek version of that word in this case. It just looks like it on paper. But the Greek version would have been Iesus, right? Iesus which is a translated version of the Hebrew. And why am I going through all this? Well, there's a reason. We'll get there. And that would be Yeshua. Yeshua is the word we would use, or in Aramaic, yeshu. In English, we have an English trans- a direct English translation for that word. We would name it Joshua. Joshua is that word we use today. As you see it in your Bibles, there's a, a book of Joshua. Joshua, son of Nun, were introduced to him as he takes over from Moses and deliver his, delivers his people to the Promised Land, where even Moses, the anointed one of God, could not. Joshua was able to deliver his people to the Promised Land as God has promised. Nehemiah commemorates it years and years and years later after the fall of David's kingdom and the return of the people of Israel from exile in Babylon. He, he remembers the, the, the incredible things that Joshua did and remembers what it was like to return to the promised land. It says in Nehemiah eight seventeen. it says, the whole community had returned from exile, right? That made shelters and lived in them. And the Israelites had not celebrated like this from the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day. And there was tremendous joy. This term, this meaning, Joshua, right? Has this, this connotation. It means the deliverer deliverer or it comes from the verb yasha which means to to deliver or to save or to rescue so Jesus isn't just the king he is the means he's more than just the victorious king he is the means it is his actions his sacrifice that will actually bring the victory the victory over sin the victory over fear and yes the victory over death itself he's not just our King, He is also the provider of all that we could ever want and need. And it's it's interesting that even we as, as followers of Christ, we sometimes forget that that He is that, that when we are sick physically or emotionally or or mentally, that it is He that will deliver us. It's not the most recent diet program. Although that can help, it will only work if God wants it to and if we put him at the center of it. We have to remember, right, especially right now, and especially here in in Logan County where we are, you know, COVID, we've been largely insulated from it for most of the time that this has been an issue. We've had some spots here and there, but the numbers are a little higher right now. In fact, it hit my family this week or a few weeks ago. We're fine. But if we are to be his people, if he really is our king and king, king of kings and our lord of lords, and if he is Jesus, if he is our deliverer, the one who takes us to the promised land that we cannot get to on our own, we have to be a light in this community. We have to remember that even though it feels like this COVID thing is here. And even though it feels like it's pressuring down on us, that ultimately, no matter what we are seeing or feeling right now, he will deliver us. He is our Savior. And his actions and his sacrifice and his pure love is what will ultimately deliver us from everything we face. And can I just tell you, when we embrace that, when we embrace him not just as king, but also as savior, we begin to look to him for our understanding of how to view the difficulties of our world and our life around us. We look to him to understand what love really is and what it should look like. We look to him to be healed. We look to him for peace. We look to him for strength. And it's amazing how our entire capacity to handle what's coming changes. Because we've recognized that it is only he that will deliver us. But there's, there's one more name here that comes right at the end of our passage today in verse 23. It says, see, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Why does this matter? Well, number one, a king can be in charge and still be nothing but human, right? A, a deliverer, one who can take you into the promised land, like Joshua, son of Nun, can still be a human being. But this is no human being. This is God in the flesh. God whose kingdom isn't just here and now for the time that we reside on this planet. God who is Lord of Lords over everything that has ever happened and everything that ever will happen. God is Our King and our Savior and our deliverer not just from our present problems, but yes also from our eternal problems. He is the cure for our sinful nature. He is the cure for our separation from Him. He is the cure for the getting across the bridge we never thought we could get across now and forever. He is our guide. He is our counselor. He is chasing us down when we are not listening sometimes and He is willing to walk with us no matter what. This process proclamation, because that's what this is. This chapter of Matthew is a proclamation of the King. The King has arrived. The Deliverer has arrived. And yes, even God himself has arrived here on this earth. And he is ready, willing, and able to save it from itself because he loves us. And if we take nothing else from this message today. If you don't remember Hebrew and Greek and who's and what's and meanings, whatever, what I care about the most, more than anything, is that you recognize that God is here and God is offering you salvation in him. It is something that none of us deserve, but all of us need. And as we, we look to anticipating next week, right, when we get into Christmas and Christmas Eve, it is a celebration of that. And we want so much for you to be a part of that celebration too. Look, if you if you have followed the Lord but have chosen not to make Him the Lord of your life, because again, it's a decision we all make, I would encourage you today to, to change that trajectory, to stop and just go, Lord, I have not listened. I have not done what you've asked me to do. But I, I want to now. And I see you as my king and I see you as my Lord. If you've never met Jesus, then I would encourage you today to come to know him. I would encourage you, if you are on our chat room, if this is our our live broadcast and you're on our chat room, I would encourage you to speak with one of our hosts who are there online ready for you, ready to listen, to hear your prayers, and to point you in a different direction. If you need to talk to me or talk to somebody else, we are here for you because our goal is to help you come to find deliverance, come to find salvation, come to find peace that only comes in one place and that is our King and that is our Lord, that is our Savior, our deliverer, Jesus Christ, God incarnate.